Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why Ring Around the Rosie probably doesn't reference the plague, how blind people can describe what animals look like, and why scientists used fungus to build a radiation shield. Let's satisfy some curiosity. The COVID-19 pandemic has a lot of people thinking about plagues and pandemics of history which is why you may have heard people mention the children's rhyme Ring Around the Rosie recently. After all, isn't it a coded reference to the Black Plague? Well, I'm here to tell you that's almost definitely a myth. Ring Around the Rosie probably doesn't reference the plague at all. Cody, do you remember how Ring Around the Rosie goes? Yeah, it's kind of a whiny, annoying nursery rhyme. (laughs) It's like, Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. And the down is hilarious because then everyone falls down. Yes. And then everyone laughs and it's great fun. Hilarity ensues. (laughs) So if you haven't heard the plague theory about this lovely little song, it goes like this. The ring around the rosy in the rhyme refers to the red rash that was an early symptom of the bubonic plague. A pocket full of posies refers to the way people would carry flowers for protection against the disease. Ashes is kind of like what it sounds like when someone sneezes. And we all fall down refers to, you guessed it, death. Some of the details of the plague in this common ring around the rosy explanation are pretty accurate. You did sneeze when infected with the plague, and people did carry flowers, incense, and perfumed oils for protection. So it's easy to understand why this explanation would be convincing. But there are three big reasons why Ring Around the Rosie can't have started with the plague. One, the plague began in the 1300s and had a resurgence in 1665, but Ring Around the Rosie didn't appear in print until the 1800s. So for the plague theory to be true, we'd have to believe that children were singing it for five centuries before someone thought to write it down. Two, the nursery rhyme actually has a bunch of different forms, and a lot of them don't make any plague-like references at all. Some of them end with the line, ring for little Josie. None of those variations has anything to do with the plague. Three, even after it was published, nobody mentioned its association with the plague until the 1960s. So that sure seems like someone invented the whole connection. People love to make sense of what they don't understand by assigning meaning to it. In this case, though, the meaning doesn't fit. Ring Around the Rosie is almost certainly just a rhyme about dancing. So I don't know if you know this, but blind people can describe what animals look like. Which might lead you to ask, how? I mean, how can we know what we can't see? Well, a recent study looked into the question... And the answer is that first-person experience isn't the only way to understand the world. The researchers gave a list of animal names to 20 blind and 20 sighted adults and asked them to sort them in various ways. Things like ordering them by size, grouping them based on shape and color, and choosing from various texture options, like does the animal have feathers or fur or skin or scales. At first glance, there wasn't really a difference between the groups. Blind and sighted participants organized and described the animals in similar ways. Like, blind and sighted participants judged that dolphins and sharks are a similar shape, and sloths and grizzlies have a similar texture. Most of the blind and sighted participants said elephants were bigger than rhinos. But the groups also showed some differences. 
Now, at first, the scientists thought that blind people must learn what animals look like from sighted people's descriptions of them. But it turned out that blind and sighted participants disagreed most about the dimension that was easiest for sighted people to describe in words. Color. Sighted participants created groups for white, pink, black, black and white, brown, and gray animals. And they easily labeled these groups according to their primary colors. By contrast, blind people didn't make consistent color groups. The researchers found that blind people infer what animals look like using the same kinds of biological classifications that scientists use to group species. This strategy works very well for shape and texture. Birds, for example, have feathers and a characteristic winged shape. But it doesn't work as well for color because two animals can be the same color but look very different otherwise. That shows that verbal communication can give us surprisingly accurate knowledge, even when you would otherwise assume that knowledge is strictly visual. There are more ways of learning about the world than we assumed. Space is deadly. There are plenty of dangers space travel might present to an astronaut, and DNA shredding radiation is at least in the top 10. Scientists have come up with a lot of possible ways to protect future space explorers, but using radiation-eating fungus is probably the most bizarre. This possibility came to light in the aftermath of a disaster. In 1986, Reactor 4 at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant ruptured and spewed radioactive material into the surrounding environment. Radiation levels at the site were intense enough to kill a human in as little as 60 seconds. It was the biggest nuclear disaster in history, and its consequences still echo today. But not everything fared so badly. Several species of fungus have been found thriving near the reactor. Here's the incredible part. They're eating the radiation. Scientists call this radiosynthesis. This might sound like the beginning of a superhero origin story, but it's actually not as weird as it sounds. In fact, radiosynthesis is very similar to photosynthesis, which plants do every day. In photosynthesis, a pigment called chlorophyll is used to convert light, a form of radiation, into chemical energy. In radiosynthesis, a pigment melanin is used to convert gamma radiation into chemical energy. So here's where space comes in. Scientists recently sent one of these radiosynthetic species to the ISS. They wanted to know if this species could be used to build a farmable, self-healing radiation shield for space travel. In their experiment, they covered one half of a petri dish with the fungus, leaving the other half blank as a control. An astronaut placed the dish in front of a radiation detector that took continuous radiation measurements for 30 days. The scientists found that the radiosynthetic fungus was able to block 2% more radiation than the control. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but the researchers were actually really encouraged by this result. After all, they only used a very thin layer of the fungus just to see if it worked. Their data suggest that a 21-centimeter or 8-inch thick layer of radiosynthetic fungus could fully insulate a spacecraft. The biggest advantage, they say, is that the whole radiation shield could be grown and installed in space from just a few tiny spores. So in the future, spaceships could be covered in fungus. Can't wait to see that revision in the next Battlestar Galactica. Pretty fracking cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Let's recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that Ring Around the Rosie probably doesn't reference the plague. 
It didn't appear in print until several hundred years after the plague, and the plague bit didn't even appear until the 1960s. It's just a children's rhyme. And that's kind of better, right? Because, like, nobody wants to think about death when (laughs) they're watching children play. Bonus fact about this, I always thought that saying bless you also came from the plague. Because, you know, when someone would sneeze, you'd be like, oh, well, that person's going to die. So I'm going to say a little prayer for them. No, it, it dates back way further than the plague. Basically, ancient Greece. Pliny the Elder wrote about it. So, well, bless Pliny the Elder. And we learned that blind people can describe what animals look like, which shows that first person visual experience isn't the only way to understand the world. Turns out that verbal communication can teach us a whole lot, too. Thank goodness for that, or we'd be out of a job. (laughs) That's true. We also learned that we might be able to use radiation-eating fungus to protect future space explorers from radiation in space. We could even grow it in space from just a few spores. Fungus-covered spaceships, man. They're the future. You know there's a gamer scientist out there that's going to make one look like it came from the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, yeah, like, uh... That's that's Mario, right? Correct. See, before I go on paternity leave, the goal is to get you as video gamed up as possible before this podcast becomes a whole lot less gamey for a couple months. But I'll be back. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Dunk and Cameron Duke and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.